contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Got a special edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt this week. John Spanos, son of Dean Spanos, the ownership family of the San Diego Chargers. Well, now the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll talk about how that happened and what they're looking forward to in Los Angeles and how it came to be leaving San Diego after all these years. John Spanos, president of football operations for the now Los Angeles Chargers. John, welcome. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks a lot for having me on. And uh, by the way, let me just say congrats on, you know, the media career now. It really seems like it's taken off for you. seems like it was just yesterday I was running into you at league meetings and NFL events in your official Packers gear. So uh, <laughs> I know you're well-established now. It's, it's, uh, you're a savvy vet in the media, but congrats. Thanks so much, John. Yeah, I saw an opportunity there when I left the Packers, sort of uh, a void in the media, sort of the business, legal, inside point of view. And running into people like you, it's always gave me great experiences. Really enjoyed working with you through the league. Likewise, likewise. I'm going to just give you a blank canvas. Uh, why did the San Diego Chargers become the Los Angeles Chargers? I'll just let you answer that. Well, I can tell you there were, I know a lot of factors that went into this decision. Uh, I know it wasn't an easy decision. Uh, certainly a lot of emotions around it. I think you look at the opportunity now to finally gain direction and the opportunity to enter a really special market. It's kind of a once in a generation type of an opportunity and, um, certainly, I believe the new stadium that's going to be built in Englewood is going to be one of, if not the grandest and best in the entire NFL. Uh, we know we got a lot of work ahead of us, obviously. Um, you know, our whole approach with this is, you know, in L.A., you know, it's a special place. It's a powerful place. Um, but nothing, nothing's given to you, right? Everything that you get has to be earned. So uh, we got a lot of work ahead of us, but we're looking forward uh, to the challenge. You know, your dad's talked about 15 or 16 years trying to get something done in San Diego. And I know it's been back and forth, a lot of twists and turns and dealing with the city and dealing with politicians. Can you sort of uh, take us a capsule of what's happened over these years and leading up to the sort of the 11th hour proposal the past few months with uh, San Diego State involved. Did, did you just sense futility in trying to get something done with San Diego for a long time now? Well, you look, I mean, we can sit back and rehash uh, every single year of the last 15. I, you know, our mindset right now is, is moving forward. Um, the, the last 15 years, Andrew, are, are well documented in our efforts and our commitment and everything we tried. And, um, you know, there were some obstacles and people who really worked hard to prevent us from doing that. So, you know, we're excited about this next chapter. We're excited about the move. We're excited about, you know, entering the new market and um, building a fan base. And quickly on the November referendum, I know it was a 67% was the threshold, which is a high threshold, obviously. But did the 41% actual vote uh, for the San Diego Stadium measure, did, did that have an impact? Did that sort of make you go back to the drawing board and said, you know, this is too much of an uphill battle? Was there an impact from that? Well, obviously, we worked hard on that initiative. It was a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort spent. It was a proposal that made tremendous sense for the city and, and the community. And um, you, you obviously touched on the disappointing results. And, uh, yeah, I got to believe that was impactful and, and a factor in the decision-making process. I mean, ultimately, you know, my dad would be the one to ask that specifically, but um, it'd be hard to imagine that that wasn't a factor. 
Yeah, and last couple of things on San Diego before we move to LA. I just the the Raiders were sort of the focus of the meeting. There were stadium and finance meetings last week in New York, and you guys weren't even part of that. It really was the Raiders. But the fact that the Raiders are in this situation where if you guys passed on the option to move to LA, they would be able to jump in. And I know there's a lot of talk with them in Las Vegas. In terms of the timing, I guess, you had a year now to, you could have moved at any moment over the past year to LA. What, what was the Raiders part of the timing? Was the last minute efforts by the city that, that were short? What, what sort of led to this sort of deadline of doing it last week? Well, again, I think there were a ton of factors that went into it. You touched on some of them. Um, you know, we, we, this opportunity isn't one that was going to be there forever. And, um, you know, given what has happened the last 15 years and especially the last year, and those, like I said, those efforts are all well documented. You can go back and read about them. Uh, taking just everything into account, it was the right time. And what do you say? I mean, I know there's frustrated fans and, you know, there's going to be always video of fans screaming and burning jerseys. If you had to say something to them, what do you say? Well, I have nothing bad to say about the fans of San Diego. The fans have been great. I'm for all Charger fans, no matter where they live. I run into Charger fans everywhere. I mean, we ran into a bunch of them up in L.A. just the last few days when we've been up there. Um, You know, none of this is their fault. I understand a lot of the emotion. It's a very emotional situation. You know, personally, obviously, I think a lot of the anger is misguided if if it's towards my father. But, you know, that's not to be that's not unexpected. Um, it's unfortunate, um, but you know we've had a lot of fans reach out, uh, current season ticket members who um, have expressed interest in buying season tickets up up at StubHub. So that's you know we welcome everyone to come along. We're just up the road, and um, you know like I said, I'm for all Charger fans everywhere. And you mentioned StubHub, so I'll segue there. Two years playing at StubHub Center. Tell me exactly. I've heard different reports: twenty-seven thousand, thirty thousand, thirty-two thousand seats sort of what you're selling there, it's certainly going to be the most intimate environment in the NFL, maybe in the NFL for a long time. Yeah, I, I tell you, I'm pretty excited um, about that. I think that's a great aspect to our situation in the next two years as we get to play out of StubHub. Um, you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's over 30,000. But like you said, the most intimate experience in the NFL. And, and Andrew, you know, in, in today's world with the competition for other activities and the competition, you know, how good the TV viewing at home experience is, the fan experience at stadiums has to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to be a focus. And when you look at what the fan experience is going to be at, at StubHub, I think it's going to be pretty special. You're talking about, you know, um, the commute in and out in terms of parking um, is going to be a huge upgrade for us. Obviously, the sight lines, the views, there's not a bad seat in the house. Um, you talk about concessions and bathrooms. I mean, it's a newer stadium. Um, and, and the video board, I mean, man, it's going to be nice to have a, a big video board with clear replays. So, I mean, there's a lot to get excited about when you talk about StubHub. And first and foremost, it comes down to fan experience. And what happens now? I mean, I know the, the Rams went through this last year, but you're in a tight frame here. Do you move your offices? Do you have your training facility? Is everything in motion away from San Diego now? Are you going to be playing, uh, practicing at StubHub as well? Tell us what's going on. Yeah, the, the wheels are already in motion. Yeah. And we, have a, we have a practice facility um, in the Costa Mesa area that's going to be a temporary facility for the next couple of years. Um, you know, it's going to be 
uh, you know, in a lot of ways bigger and nicer than in some aspects of what we have now. And, um, and, you know, we'll probably be able to go up there as soon as the uh, off season program is over. Um, the business side, uh, will go up sooner, obviously immediately, um, start, uh, you know, embedding in the community and ingratiating ourselves and, and, you know, doing community work and all that. So certain aspects of the business are going to go up sooner, some maybe a little later, but we're going to get up there as soon as possible. And players, you said the off-season program. So where will that be? I know that's from April to June. Where will that be? Yeah, right now the plan is for that to be at our current facility, that we existing facility, while the sort of finishing touches are being put on the one in Costa Mesa. And the deal, I mean, the the the, the building, Stan Kroenke of the Rams building this what's supposed to be this uh, Shangri-La. I know last year covering the meetings, it was going to be NFL West and Pro Bowls and Combines and Super Bowls and Final Fours. And you now becoming part of that building. You don't have to get into the deep specifics on the deal, but as I understand it, uh, you guys are not involved in the design or construction of the stadium, but not responsible for any cost overruns. Is that true? You're a tenant in this building now? Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, you know, and again, you know, my role being on the football side, um, more than the business side, I wasn't involved in a lot of those, a lot of those discussions and negotiations, but I know that it's, there's kind of a lot of factors to the agreement um, when you talk about costs and all that um, and rent and all that. But, um, you know, there's a lot of factors that, that go into it and, and aspects to it. Um, I know that, like what you touched on, it is going to be a very special um, sports and entertainment facility and a, and a huge asset for the community. There's going to be a lot of events there. It's going to be, you know, I know when it's um, much like when the Jets and Giants share a stadium, when, you know, one team is playing, the decor is specific for that team, and then it's easily switched obviously, to be specific for another team. So I know that was one aspect of it. Do you worry? I hear a lot of people say, you know, L.A., they can't even support one team, let alone two. There's so many things to do, the entertainment capital. Do you worry about, A, competing with the Rams for the for the fan base and sort of a lackadaisical fan base up there? Well, what I would say is uh, L.A. is a unique market. You know, like I, I kind of touched on earlier, it's a, it's a really special place. It's uh it's a powerful market and, and it's, and it's not going to be easy up there. I mean, nothing comes easy in LA. You have to earn everything. And, you know, I remember when the Clippers moved up there, there were a lot of people saying, you know, can't, they can't support two NBA teams up here. They shouldn't have done it. And now the Clippers are, I think, top 10 in attendance in the NBA. I, I mean, the numbers certainly, certainly show they're, they're doing a great job in succeeding. Um, so it's not going to be easy, but we're, we're, we're up for the challenge. We're excited for it. Um, I think it's going to be a great market for us. And we haven't even talked about it. I mean, you're in football operations, obviously. <laughs> Throughout all this, you guys have gone through a coaching change oh, and man, a coaching so search. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So that was kind of my year. The, the, you know, when the last game ended, we made the change at the head coach position. And immediately, you know, for the next 11 or 12 days, sort of 24-7, my whole life revolved around the new coach search. And then all of a sudden, right when we're getting towards the end of it, you know, we make this announcement and I got to fly up to L.A. and do all this media up there. Was, I mean, to describe it as a whirlwind was, uh, would be an understatement. But again, all exciting stuff and, and really, really excited and happy with how the coach search turned out. And we were able to land a guy like Anthony Lynn. Tell us about Anthony Lynn, why you hired him, what impressed you about him and what do you, what do you look for as the Chargers coach? 
Yeah, well, we, when we um, you know set out and began this process, we sat down and listed, okay, what are we looking for in a head coach? And I uh, spent a lot of time with our GM, Tom Telesco, um, and sort of what are, what are the traits right that we're looking for, and, and how do, how can we tell you know who's going to have those? And came up with a great list. Of, of candidates, you know, you start with like 20 plus names, you, you, you do a lot of background and homework and check references, you whittle the list down, you know, we whittled it down to about seven, um, conducted about that number of interviews, and they're very thorough, you know, we flew all around the country, you know, teams that are in the playoffs, you know, they dictate when and where those interviews take place, so we got to fly the East Coast, we flew, you know, the middle of the country, and got snowed in one night somewhere and, you know, scrambling around, you got to reschedule. It's like putting a puzzle together, but we were fortunate enough to get all the interviews complete. And uh, there were a lot of good candidates out there. And, but when we met with coach Lynn, I think that the first thing that jumped out was sort of the, the authentic leadership traits that he possesses. And, and when you talk about leadership, right, I mean, what does that embody? I mean, a lot of people say, Oh, you got to be able to get up there and just give a fiery speech, but there's so much more to it than that. I, this day and age, you know, the head coach really has to be able to sort of authentically communicate with and, and really connect with the players. And, you know, such uh, the, the players is made up of a wide variety of types of people. Right. So you have to be able to adjust and, and sort of tailor your coaching and, and how and your leadership style and really connecting with the players. And and he, he, he has a track record of doing that. And um and, you know, I, I think he's, he's a passionate guy who's a no-nonsense guy. He's a, he's a player himself who, you know, I think having been in their shoes, right, he's been out on that field at the highest level. He played in the NFL. He won two Super Bowls as a player, so he knows what it's like to achieve the highest goal. Um, I think that's really going to help him in relating with our players. And you were, I think, the only team that, you can explain this, wanted to keep some staff in place, specifically some offensive staff. Was was that always a factor in, and was that sort of going into the coaching search? You knew that would be the point? No, no, no. Our, our, um, our focus going in was to get the best head coach, and we said all along that the coach is going to really have the most say and final say in his staff. We, I think the last thing you'd ever want to do is go into a search and say, you have to keep this guy or that guy, and that right. was that was never our plan. I don't, uh, you know, I, I know certainly <laughs> there are reports out there about certain things. I'm sure you can remember from your time with the club, how sometimes yeah. you see reports come across, you just kind of laugh at them. And uh, we always say reports are for entertainment purposes and nothing else. <laughs> but um, no, we, our whole plan going in was that the head, we were just going to get the best head coach. That was the plan. And, you know, it's funny because people speculate, Oh, they're going to hire a defensive guy because they want to keep the offensive staff. And, uh, we ended up hiring an offensive guy. Now, I will say, I think in this business, and when you hire a new coach, you have to be aligned. You have to have open dialogue and communication. So we were happy to sit down with the new coach and share our thoughts um, on a lot of our staff members. And, of course, you know, Anthony had some of his own thoughts as well. So, um, uh, you know, despite our record last year, I think we got a lot of good pieces in place. Um, and that goes both downstairs on the field and upstairs uh, in the hallways. And I'd be remiss if I didn't ask a final question about the logo. You know, you had quite a whirlwind day the other day. You had the, the move to L.A., the announcement of the coach, and then the logo came out in kind of three different fashions. Speaking of media reports, what exactly is the logo now? Is it out there? Have you rebranded to the L.A. Chargers? Well, we are the L.A. Chargers. Um, our logo, our official logo 
has always been and still is and has always been planned to remain the curved lightning bolt. Right. Okay, that is our official logo, and that was forever the plan that that was going to remain our official our official uh, logo. Um, the LA logo was something that was created by uh, you know a, a company to sort of during the launch, um, you know, just to help announce the move and and you know I think part of this process for us is going to be learning and and li- and responding to and listening to uh, our new market. You know, I mean, to come in rigid and sort of force things down people's throats, I don't know if that's if that's the best approach. And again, I'm a football guy. Probably someone on the business side would be better to answer that all of those questions. But I know that was never intended to be the the full time uh, official uh, emblem. Well, John, I know things are crazy. Really appreciate you coming on. So much going on as you are now present in football operations of the Los Angeles. Chargers. Yes, sir. Thanks. (laughs) I appreciate that, Andrew, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. Thanks, John. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed John Spanos, the president of football operations for the now Los Angeles Chargers, formerly San Diego, talking about that move. Be sure to catch all editions of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt on iTunes, TuneIn, RossTucker.com, or wherever you hear your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brand, We look forward to bringing you the next edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Thanks for listening to The Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.